0: This is Tools of the Podcast Trade, where you can learn about the tools and resources you can use to start and grow your podcast. Tune in each week as we talk about the help you need to remove the mystery from podcasting so you can become a successful podcaster that can reach your audience where they are. My guest today is Michelle Abraham, host of the Bis- Blissful Parenting podcast and so much more. Welcome, Michelle. Well, thank you so much for having me Jen. I'm excited to dive in today. Thank you. And the first thing I like to ask is tell us who is Michelle? <laughs> oh, that's a loaded question, Jen. <laughs> Could take us a while
1: to answer that question. So, <laughs> to be brief, I am a mom, an avid traveler, a uh, lifelong adventurer, and um, I am an entrepreneur of almost twenty years. And uh, yeah, I just loved uh, love entrepreneurship, and uh, have two kids, are uh, ten and seven.
0: Oh, Okay. All right. Thanks for sharing. And you may have dropped only a couple of sentences, but you've dropped a lot in those couple (laughs) of sentences. So, all right. So you're the host of a podcast about moms. Um, Tell us about the podcast, why you started it and what is that like for you being a mom? I know you're not a solo mom, but that's fine. You're still a mom. Mm -hmm. Um. Tell us about that experience. Sure. Well, some days it feels like it's solo, but,
1: yeah. um, I am a mom and, uh, I did start my podcast, uh, when my kids were young and the parenting podcast I do, um, host is one of three podcasts I host. And so it's called blissful parenting. What I love about this podcast is, um, you know, my business and my company is in the podcasting space, of helping people launch podcasts and manage them. Uh-huh. But this podcast, the parenting podcast is like a passion project of mine, because it is where I learned to be a better parent. And I feel like I've had hundreds of hours of free parenting coaching from the most incredible experts and authors and coaches and speakers and people who are just so much more intelligent than I am when it comes to parenting. (laughs) And I feel like I've just had such great experiences talking to them, sharing with them our struggles um, and helping our parents of school-age kids. So we really focus the conversation on that podcast specifically for parents of school-age kids because that way we can relate to some of the issues that are going on then
0: (laughs) okay all right thank you and uh, why blissful it, it uh, has a couple of connotations. So tell us why, did you come up with that name and why that? Yeah, so the Blissful Parenting podcast came from a company called Blissful Parenting.
1: And a friend of mine and a mentor and a coach at one point, um, he had this podcast and he had this business where he was speaking into schools and, and speaking to parent organizations and coaching parents. And he really wanted to start a podcast, but he felt it would be better if it had a female mom's voice on the podcast. And um, I had a podcast company, and we were managing the podcast. And so I said, "Hey, I'd love to host the podcast because I one love interviewing uh, people, and I love to I love the topic. So I think I would really benefit from um, being the host of the show." And that was three years ago and we've done a lot of episodes, uh, since then. And I've just loved being, um, the podcast, but where his podcasting name came from is that, uh, it was where the blissful parenting name came from is that it was his goal he found himself being a really, um, a dad who had gone through parenting coaching and parenting training. And yet he was still yelling at his kids and he's like, I have got to, you know, make this more of a blissful parenting experience for all of us in this family. And so his mission and it became my mission when I joined their company as well to help a million families have a more blissful parenting experience.
0: It's mm, interesting that that came from a man. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you. So I know you're married, but how do you juggle parenting two children with parenting? Three podcasts. How do you do that? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's been an interesting thing. And that's why, you know, I joke sometimes I say
1: it's like I'm doing it alone, but it's, I'm not, I do have lots of support from my husband, but I think because, it's different when it's a mom who's got a business. Uh, it's so hard. It's hard. It's so much harder yeah. than a dad who's got a business and you know, the dads are awesome, but it's just something like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the responsibilities still fall onto the, onto me as a mom. Right. So, you know, putting kids to bed or picking up, doing school activities with kids. And I'm a Brownie leader as well. So I'm girl guides mm-hmm. and um, you know, I love being there for my kids sports and stuff. So I really um, built my business and my podcasting around the kids schedule, so i don 't start anything for work until they 've or they 've gone to school. And I stop before they come home from school. And so it was really important for me to build my business around those hours and around that time. Now I put in no other time um during the day when they're at school for self-care or for grocery shopping or housekeeping or anything like that. So it's like those things still have to happen outside of those hours. Yeah. But at least I can get my business stuff done in the hours when the kids are at school. And and it's a lot easier now that they're at school, but For many years, I had my daughter beside me playing on the floor or playing with her toys while I was working on my computer or trying to start a business and trying to get my business going. And, you know, I do have a little bit of regrets that I didn't slow down just a little bit more when they were little. Like I was really pushing hard to put a big boulder of this podcasting business up a big hill. Now that hill, that bowl is rolling down the hill really fast. So it's not as much of a... uh, It's not as much of a time intensity as it was when they were younger. Um, But I do wish I'd like slowed down a little bit more and took a little bit more time to enjoy them when they were little because they're only 7
0: and 10 now. But man, that went really fast. (laughs) Really fast, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So did you start, were you always a stay-at-home mom or did you start the podcasting business as a side hustle?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I actually... Um, was an entrepreneur before I had kids. So I actually had a fitness uh, studio in North Vancouver and uh, seven boot camp locations across the, the province. And I was already an entrepreneur and busy um, then. And then As I got pregnant, um, I was commuting to and from our house a couple times a day to the fitness studio, realizing like, oh, shoot, when this baby comes, we're not going to be able to commute like 30, 40 minutes back and forth a couple Mm -hmm. times a day to this fitness studio. So I closed the studio down and I, I just continued personal training in um closer to where we had moved to the suburbs. And I was um enjoying that a lot. And then one of my mom friends had this brilliant idea. We had babies around the same time and she thought it would be a really cool idea to have a co-working space with the daycare attached to it. And I was like, yes, heck yes, this is great, great idea. So her and I spent a year and a half looking for the proper uh, of our property that we could have a daycare on one side of it and a co-working space for the moms on the other side and this was in 2013 no sorry 2012 this was a little bit ahead of its time as well at that time there were no other co-working spaces outside the downtown core area in vancouver and we were in the suburbs a bit and so we were trying to educate people what a co-working space was to begin with and then trying to find a space where the the daycare licensing and the co-working licensing together would cooperate and we'd be able to operate together and finally we gave up on the daycare because it was just too many regulations that they weren't ready for this kind of innovation so forget it we're going to drop the daycare and by this time our kids were old enough to go to preschool (laughs) so we sent our kids off to preschool and we opened a co-working space which we had for many years and that's where i started the podcasting business from there
0: Oh, okay. All right. It's pretty cool. So we're gonna switch gears in a bit. But before we do, I have two more questions for you. One, I know you have the podcast, um, but do you provide any services, coaching or mentoring to moms? Mm-hmm. Um, not specifically to moms uh,
1: in the podcast from the Blissful Parenting podcast. What we do is we align with other parenting uh, experts that we bring on the show, and okay. then we we'll offer them the opportunity to come and do workshops and for our audience. So we've built a list of parenting uh, parenting parents, parents Uh that are interested in parenting and Uh we built a list of parenting experts and we've actually monetized the podcast in a really great way where all the guests that come on the show get the opportunity to put their information into our toolbox, which is for our parents to open and get resources in there. And then we also offer the opportunity for our experts to come back and teach classes to our parents. And we're working on a compilation book uh, later on this year for the parenting program.
0: Oh, that, that's pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Okay. So what is Michelle grateful for today?
1: Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to just share my message with some other moms out there. And I uh, just uh, really appreciate all the effort and the work that you do and putting this podcast together.
0: <laughs> Thank you. All right. And I said two questions, but I have more. Um. <laughs> um so give me one piece of advice for a solo mom. And... Do it from a perspective of following your dreams or discovering your purpose—that kind of stuff.
1: Hmm. Yeah, just because you're a mom now doesn't mean that your dreams have to be put on hold. I think there is a place for your dreams alongside your kids' dreams and being the best mom. and And just know that you know it takes—it's a journey—and enjoy the journey of getting there. It's not just the destination, you know, and take the time to to enjoy that path that, and getting to the dream and
0: the lifestyle that you love. Yeah, thank you. So it's okay to dream and it's also okay to follow your dreams, right?
1: Exactly. Okay. Can mm-hmm. I share a quick story about that? Yep, for sure. Okay, so my husband and I, we, we realized that we were living the Canadian American dream. And one day we woke up to a huge flood in our house. Mm -hmm. And we had just been talking about how we go to our family cabin every single weekend. We have an amazing weekend. And then we get so sad because we have to leave and come back to the city and go back to work and the next day. And we're like, what are we doing? Like, why, why don't, like, we looked at the cabin and we're like, nobody lives here like 10 months of the year. We should just stay here and enjoy it. So the morning when we woke up, there was a flood in our house. Uh, we were moved out for six weeks while the restoration company fixed our house. And we said, well, why don't we try putting up our house for sale and see if it will sell? Turns out it sold two days later. Wow. And, um, my husband had quit his job of 17 years and we moved our whole family over to the Sunshine Coast, which is from where we were living about three hours, three hours away. And we then moved our uh moved into our summer cabin, which was completely off the grid, and it had a boat. We had to park our car on one side of the lake and take a boat across to get to the house. And so now we felt like we were living more in alignment with our dreams. Like before we had gotten the jobs, got the car, had the kids. Um, we're living paycheck to paycheck. We're mortgage poor. We had no fun, no time for money or for freedom or fun or vacation. Mm-hmm. And we were passing each other at the door every day, switching off from one, you know, looking after the kids during the day to looking after the kids at night so each other could work. And we looked at each other like, this is, this was, this was not our dream. This is, I don't know whose dream this was, but this is not what we signed up for. So right forget it. And we... Um, we took that huge gigantic leap and luckily for my business and being able to work online I could work from wherever so we had that stable revenue coming in and we're able to make that move and make that change towards following our own dreams
0: wow yeah thank you for sharing that with me I, I'm I'm really I really admire you that you guys and you, you're in sync because that make a difference that you know mm-hmm. the two of you are on the same page otherwise you know so I never thought we would be, though, to be honest. Like, I never thought. Like, it was something I was always thinking about.
1: Mm-hmm. I never thought he would leave his job of 17 years,
0: ever. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. right time, right right moment, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. And what's it like for the kids?
1: Oh, my gosh. The kids love it. They have a small, they go to a small school with, like, 65 kids. Mm-hmm. They have tons of um outdoor space and um they just like just like we call them free range kids now they run around our property and <laughs> spend a lot of time outside and live in the lake seven hours a day in the summer <laughs> and uh-huh. have a great lifestyle
0: mm-hmm. yeah that must be sweet yeah the one
1: thing they do complain about though is that they can't just run over and go next door and play with the kids yeah, play with yeah. Their kids because they live so far away so yeah. we're about 20 minutes away from the next kind of um new friends so a little bit more challenging for them that way. Yeah.
0: yeah, I see that. Okay, that's pretty cool though. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we could switch to podcasting. We're going to talk about podcasting. And the first thing I'm going to ask you about podcasting is how do you manage to podcast off the grid? Oh, good question. So
1: our we have something called the rural rural hub. So um we're connected to our cell phone tower uh for our Wi-Fi. And it was something that the telephone company here gave us um is like a little box that we have in our house. Uh-huh. And I, I tell you, it was not super great when we first moved there because Um, everyone was on the cell phone towers uh because of the Wi-Fi where in our area wasn't super upgraded. Uh But they came and put this fiber optic cable into all the residents that lived on the street and then it moved them off of our cell phone tower and now it's great. (laughs) And Uh so my husband uh he built me this little tiny home in the back of our property where I could do my uh podcast episodes from and work and have a desk and everything, and it's been fantastic because I'm able to have my little space of peace and quiet to do my work and do my recordings. And uh, so that's been really helpful.
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing. All right. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the other two podcasts. Sure. So I have a podcast called Podapalooza, which is all
1: about an event that we created for podcasters. So this is an event that happens four times a year. And my mm-hmm. friend Kimberly Crowe and I launched it together. And basically it's an all day event called Podapalooza and there's great speakers all day long on the main stage. And then we have a room called the Podatorium, which is a gigantic Zoom room, which we have about 40 podcasters who interview um the VIPs from the event all day long. And so we get about i say about 350 interviews recorded during that day. And wow. so people can um, then get more exposure. So when you come to the event, and you want to be a VIP, you upgrade. And you get to be mm-hmm. on five, up to five podcasts as a guest during the day. Oh,
0: that sounds really good. I like yes, that idea.
1: Yeah. yeah, you'll have to check it out. Yeah. And then the other podcast I have is called Amplify You, which is the name of our company. Mm-hmm. And it's amplifying you through podcasting. And we really uh, focus on two different things on that show. One, behind the mic, so we bring on other podcasters and podcasters that we've helped launch. We talk about their experience being a podcaster, what they learned, what they love, what they hate, what they what they need help with. And then we have another interview, another type of interview we do called "Ask the Expert," where we bring in an expert who can help podcasters have a better show just create a better experience for their listeners and, and grow their show so we bring on like book publishers or voice coaches or marketing experts in the, in that in those interviews and so we have two different types of interviews on that particular show
0: oh, okay pretty cool i get out i mean i get very excited about solo moms it's just mm-hmm. one of those things right yeah, but when it comes to podcasting, I get goosebumps. I mean it's just Ooh, there <laughs> it's you something go. that really excites me. All right. So tell me, how did you get into podcasting? What I know you did the Blissful Mom, and that's like a passion for you, right? But why are you interested in helping other podcasters? Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, it's kind of funny because the actually um, the Blissful Parenting podcast and my own podcast came four years after me helping launch over 30 shows and yeah. helping other people launch their own shows. So how I became interested in podcasting was as a listener. So when I became a new mom, as you guys all know, there's that kind of a funk you get into after becoming a new mom. And I went from being a busy entrepreneur to slowing right down and playing goo goo ga with my son on the floor. Now I loved becoming a new mom, but my business brain was seriously suffering and it was gone to mush and I could not, like, it was not motivated, not functioning well. And so I remember one day I turned on the Apple TV and there was this little purple app and this is like back in 2010. So Apple TV was even new back then. I'm like, what the hell is this purple thing? So I clicked on it and I found a show called The Eventual Millionaire by Jamie Tardy. Mm -hmm. And it's still on today, I think. And that show really inspired me. And there was all these like questions that she would ask these people who had a business idea and they took their business idea to millions of dollars. Like the guy from Ugg Boots was on it and like all sorts of really cool people. And so I listened to every episode she'd ever created. And then I started waiting till every Monday morning, she would drop a new episode. I would put my earbuds in, put my son in the stroller. We'd go for a walk. And soon enough, I started feeling a little bit better about myself, a little bit better about life. And I had a little bit more mojo back in my step. And mm-hmm. um, I really have to thank the podcast for inspiring me and motivating me. And I thought, wow, if this is how I feel after... Listening to these podcasts, I can't imagine the impact these podcasts are making on so many people's lives, like a mental health show or this kind of show or that kind of show. So I set out to really learn more about podcasting because I was like, i really want to I really want to do a podcast. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about on a podcast, but I kept running into other people in my business when I was doing some digital marketing who wanted podcasts. So I just helped them launch their show and I created the first Vancouver meetup group for podcasters like back in 2010 in my coworking space. And I couldn't even find any experts to come in and talk about podcasting because there wasn't very many. And uh, so I just learned from there and I learned by doing and trying and, um, we've launched over 400 shows now and uh, we've helped uh, so many hundreds of thousands of people listen to great advice by people who are making a positive impact in the world. And uh, I finally figured out that I wanted to talk about podcasting on my podcast. (laughs) And so after four years of thinking about it, I finally committed to the idea of the amplify you podcast and We have, um, we're almost 200 episodes now, but I really think it's funny because I had to go through all the fears that our clients go through now, like the fear of the imposter syndrome, the -hmm. fear that no one's going to listen, the fear that too many people are going to listen, the fear that, um, it's not perfect yet. So I can't put it out there. The analysis paralysis, the, oh my gosh, the technology stuff, like all that kind of stuff. I had to go through all those fears and craziness before I launched my show. Um, because now I see all of our clients doing it too. And so we have this little saying that if you're not embarrassed by your first few episodes, you waited too damn long to put them out there.
0: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So um, tell me about Amplify You. It sounds very interesting and it sounds like you can... Help us get off our doff and just get to podcasting for real. Yeah, absolutely. So we help
1: you amplify your vision, amplify your voice, and amplify your visibility. And so we only work with podcasters that are out there making a positive impact in the world. So we kind of like to say we're like the Hay House of podcasting, right? Hay House mm-hmm. publishing, really publish yeah, books yeah. of, you know, uh, personal development. So that's really our jam is in that space. And what we love is doing it for you. So we're a different kind of company where uh, a lot of companies will teach you how to do it. And they're like, okay, fly, go do it. Right. We're I learned from doing my own show and other people's shows that actually there's most of our, most of our entrepreneur friends have no business learning how to edit podcasts. (laughs) That is not their zone of genius. That is not what they should be spending their time doing. And in fact, Um, we can save them about 20 hours hours a month on editing their podcast if they hire us to do it. And the cost of us doing it for them, they can make way more money in 20 hours a month than it costs us to do their show. So it just makes more sense for us to have a podcast manager manage their show. Plus Uh we can help coach them on how to grow the show and how to make it better and how to change things and you know, how to upgrade the quality of the show. And so um, we we do launching, we do managing, and then we do monetizing. And then we also help people get booked on other shows. So that's the visibility piece is that we help people get booked on other podcasts too.
0: Okay, all right. Very interesting. So tell us, how can someone become brilliant at podcasting? One, not only get sharing their messages, their message and getting their message out but also making money at it because we have to admit that sometimes it's tough to keep the message going when it doesn't pay off in you know monetarily yeah absolutely you're right uh
1: so a couple things one like be yourself obviously be yourself there is no other you out there in the way that you uh, are going to resonate with your audience is by sharing stories of your personal experience. So the podcaster that goes out and tries to be the expert Usually, pod fades after about 20 episodes because you've only said the same couple things so many times and then you're done with content, right? Whereas, like you're doing, Jen, you're doing a fabulous job of being the guide that is helping the listeners along. And you're maybe a few steps ahead on that journey, but it's Mm -hmm. like the hero's journey, right? You're not the hero on the journey, listeners are the hero, you're the guide. And I love the book by Donna, Donald Miller's Story Brand book, and it really explains how this is how it works in movies and books, and there's always a guide and a hero. And I think if we look at it podcasting that way, that's when a podcast has become really successful, and that's when you can sustain a podcast longer as a host, because it's set up in that way where you become the guide. And when mm. you become the guide, people are going to seek you out for advice and implementation. We have a lot of clients that say, well, okay, but I do not want to give away all my information on a podcast because I want people to hire me. And I say, give away all your information because they can Google it. <laughs> they yeah. can find it anywhere. They can find yeah. it in a book and it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean people are going to remember or listen to it. And they're going to come to you for implementation, support, and accountability. Yeah. So go ahead and give it all away. Be really high value on the podcast and that's going to attract more people. Then the other thing that we do is called podcasting for partners. So we have a program where we teach our clients how to, uh, four different ways of monetizing your podcast. So one is, uh, you, so setting up your podcast. So you're constantly in front of people who can hire you to work with, work with them or opening doors for you, for people who, who you can work with. And I think if you look at your podcast in the way that it's the most amazing networking tool And it's the biggest thing that you can leverage in your business rather than focusing on how many download numbers you have and how much of the audience you have. If you focus on your podcast as a tool to open doors for you and grow your business, then you're going to be far better off and more able to realize that you're monetizing your show. Just to give you an example, um, I have two friends who I have, who I call friends now, who I have, were strangers. They came onto my podcast. We had a fabulous interview. We thought, hey, you do this and I do this. We should do something together. We created a program together, two different ones. Each of those programs have created over six figures in the last 24 months. Hmm. So that means that my podcast has generated multiple six figures for me because I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet those people without having um, the podcast. And so using the podcast to get into relationships with the people who you can collaborate with and the people who can hire you is the whole goal of the podcast, as well as then growing an amazing audience of listeners to you in a community. So that is our magic combination that we use to amplify you to amplify your
0: vision, your voice, and your visibility. Mm, Wow. You have some heavy stuff going on there. I'm (laughs) so happy that you you chose to join this show and tell us all about what you're doing. Of course. My pleasure. Yes. Thank you. All right. So one thing I want to know, and I know you've done a lot of podcasts. Uh, If you haven't hosted some, you've helped to build them. Tell us what your biggest struggle has been. Or uh, what you've seen to be the biggest struggle among podcasters?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my biggest struggle has been actually my using my own voice and doing my own solo shows. And it's funny because I have tons of content, but I just love interviewing people so much that I I'm like I don't yeah. want to do my own show. I feel like it's boring because I already know it, and I you know it's not it's not exciting for me. Yeah. But statistically show, like if you were to do an interview show and a guest show and even an interview of a celebrity show, the analytics are going to show you that your show performs better than the rest of them. Then the next one is the the guest that you bring on that's not well known, but that your audience can really relate to. Like they see themselves Mm -hmm. in that person. Then third is that celebrity guest because, you know, Tony Robbins may say the exact same thing on every podcast he goes on. So people like, Oh yeah, Tony. Cool. No, I know him. I'm going to not yeah. listen to that episode. Right. So it's interesting. Um, it's, and those are surprised. Those were su- surprising analytics to me. Like I never thought that that was beat. That would be true. So mm-hmm. I see people struggle with them using their own voice because the, the interviews are so much more fun and I see that the mistake people make is not using their own voice and not letting their audience get to know them more uh before they go on and bring other people on their show
0: Mm, yeah I think I can relate to that
1: all right you you can see there's probably only two solo episodes my whole podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you yeah it is fun interviewing people getting to know people you know it it is fun but yeah I, I understand where you're coming from and I hope this will help somebody who's listening to it. All right. So how can we get in touch with you and and give us all your contacts? Okay,
1: great. Well, I would love to show you some of the shows that we work with. So you can head over to Amplify You. And it's spelled very weird. I apologize. It's A-M-P-L-I-F-Y-O-U. So it's like Mm -hmm. we've taken out the double Y. Yeah. So it's just uh, com is our site where, you know, I kind of laugh because it's supposed to be our website, but it really tells you nothing about working with us. It just showcases a lot of the shows that we work with. So it's our way of showcasing our clients. And so you can check out all some amazing shows over there. And then I have a free gift for you, and that is our Podcasting Success Blueprint. So we've broken down our Podcast Success Blueprint into five areas, and that is message, making your podcast, marketing your podcast, managing your podcast, and monetizing your podcast. And you can download the PDF there, and then it also brings you to um, a two-hour uh, training video that goes into depth into those five areas as well. So that's at you.com. Forward slash blueprint. Okay. All right. Thank you. And are you on social media? Yes, we're on social media. You can find us on Instagram at amplifyu.ca. You can find me on LinkedIn at Michelle Abraham. And you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we have an amplify you page, or you can find
0: me on Facebook, Michelle Abraham. Okay. All right. Thank you, Michelle Abraham, for coming and talking to us today. I really appreciate you. Anything else? Any final thoughts? If you are not
1: embarrassed by your first few episodes, you have waited far too long to get them out there. So <laughs> if you're thinking about podcasting, don't wait four years like I did. Uh press the record button and start evolving out loud because there are more clarity and more confidence that comes with every time you press record and you share your message.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for coming and talking to us today.
1: You're welcome. And thank you so much, Jen, for having such an amazing show. And I'm so grateful to have had the honor of being here today
0: with you. Great. Thank you. Got questions about podcasting? Do you find yourself struggling with the tools and strategies that you know will help you launch and grow your show? Why not join the newest Podcasters Club where you can get your questions answered by me or one of our guest experts? The link to our next meeting is below. Sign up today and don't let confusion about podcasting stop you from owning your genius. Whether you're an individual or a nonprofit, the New West Podcasters Club is where podcasters come for answers. Link below for our next meeting.